The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. What I would like to know, because up to this morning, uh, we'd no idea whether anybody in any of the Cork hospitals had gotten their COVID bonus payment yet. Up to yesterday, no one had contacted us to say they had it. No one had contacted us to say they knew anybody who had it. They were promised it in April. And there was a list put up last night on social media that only two hospitals in the country have paid it out so far. This is the COVID 1,000 euro payment for healthcare workers. Forgive the voice again. We're getting there slowly, but surely we're getting there. So I, we asked last week if we could have a conversation about this with the Minister for Public Expenditure, Michael McGrath, because he's the man who's spending the money. The Department of Health is distributing the money. That's fine. That's its baby. But effectively, Michael McGrath, it's, it's your money or rather our money they're spending. So why has no one got their money yet? Good morning, Minister. Uh, good morning, PJ. I hope you're okay. Your your voice is a little <coughs> strange. Croaky. I'll be fine. Thank you. Uh, good stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Look, this this process is taking too long. Is the first thing that I would say. I readily accept that the government decision that was made uh, to provide the one thousand euro payment uh, was made on the nineteenth of January, and then it was referred to the Department of Health then to. Um, put the operational kind of work out of that in place. Now, they did for quite a period of time engage in discussions with the trade unions around uh, the detail, the finer details of who exactly uh, would be eligible, you know, the questions around people who were working part-time, people who were working for only part of the the relevant period during COVID. Um, But that process concluded uh, a number of weeks ago and um, some payments have commenced around the country. The latest update I have from the HSC is that of those directly employed by them, just under 13,000 healthcare staff had received the payment as of last Friday and that figure excludes um, some organisations that are called Section 38 organisations. They're part of the wider public sector family and I believe Bowman Hospital for example is one of them uh, and they have paid it. So 13,000 directly employed HSE staff and then others who are under Section 38. Um, I was in touch with Paul Reid this morning just to get an update from him and his his, uh, view is that this month we'll see uh, the majority of directly employed HSE staff uh, receive the payment. Uh, there will be others that will take longer, uh, those that are not employed in the public sector. As you know, a decision was made um, that private nursing home staff, for example, uh, hospice staff uh, and uh, some healthcare assistants, people providing home care services employed privately but doing it on behalf of the HSE uh, are also getting the payment and uh, different arrangements have to be put in place because the state is not the employer. Uh, so that, that's just an, an overview, PJ, of where we're at. I accept it. It has taken too long. This isn't an issue of funding. The funding is available. Uh, Brad, the, the state may not be the employer, Minister. I accept that the state may not be the employer yeah. for many people, but it is the state who will pay the money over into the employer's bank account. Correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the the relevant circulars have issued to the relevant state employers. uh, And as I said, the the processing of the payments has commenced, um, not as quickly as we would like, but it has commenced. And I think for the vast majority of directly employed 
um, HSE staff, so nurses and doctors and healthcare assistants and so on, it will be paid uh, this month, I expect, for those that haven't got it yet. For the remainder, I think it will take a little longer because the HSE has to put uh, arrangements in place uh, through the Department of Health with the private uh, employers, such as the nursing homes in, in Cork, such as Marymount uh, and others. But, but, but why was all this not thought about when the scheme was being devised? There's a lot of advisors around government, Michael McGrath. Why did no one raise this and said, it's, you're not going to be able to do this all in one day. This is going to take a long, long time. The impression was given to everyone who was entitled to it that they'd get it. But they're still waiting. People have been trying to pay off holidays, pay utility bills, yeah. which are ever rising. They were, guarant- they were banking on this money and it hasn't come. Yeah, and I, I, I do genuinely regret how long it has taken. I mean, we made the government decision in, in January, uh, and then, to be fair to the Department of Health, they did have a lot of detailed uh, engagement and negotiations with the unions who legitimately represent their members and were seeking to you know, expand the nature and scope of the scheme as far as they possibly could. And as I say, that's perfectly understandable um, because not everyone who perhaps deserves this, deserves this payment is going to get it. Um, the difficulty for us really was in, in drawing the line somewhere. Uh, like it is going to cost well over €100 million Euro, uh, for uh, well over 100,000 uh, staff, uh, we expect at this point. Uh, but there are others who will legitimately make the case, uh, such as prison officers, for example, Gardaí, um, uh, others who undoubtedly had to go to work and have contact yeah. with the public. People who ran in when the rest of us were running out. Yeah, yeah and, and look, I, I, that, that is a reality, but I suppose the difficulty when you're in government is you've got to draw the line somewhere. It's a tax-free payment. Uh, yeah. it, really, it really is only a token of recognition. Sure. That's all it is. You couldn't pay people for the work they did. But an, another point COVID. that you couldn't... Another point that's being made here, uh, clearly, is that it's worth in real economic terms, Michael McGrath, it's worth a lot less now than it was when it was decided to give it out. And a part of the reason it's worth that, le- you know, so much less now is the delay yeah. in paying it over. Yeah, look, we, we have experienced high inflation in recent months, and, and that's a fair point. Um, €1,000 today uh, goes uh, less far than €1,000 six months ago. Uh, that is certainly the case. But look, the priority is for us to uh, get these payments out as quickly as possible. And from talking to Minister Donnelly and from being in touch with Paul Reid, I know the HSC and the department are, are very anxious to get this done. Um, like, are you as the man responsible for spending public money? Are you in a position to turn around and say, I want all these payments made by a given date. Well, look, I don't dictate to people. They they manage their own budgets and they they have their own constraints and challenges uh, like the rest of us running other government departments. We're there in my department really to support them uh, and to help in any way that we can. And, uh, you know, the, the, these things are always straightforward at the headline level, but when you get into the nitty-gritty detail, um, it can be complex. I gave the example of people who work, you know, part-time or people who maybe only worked for a few weeks in, in relation to the COVID period. And all of these issues have to be worked out and the precise eligibility defined. That's all done now. It is all uh, agreed, though, as I say, 
unions would like the scheme to have gone further and the priority now is just to get the payment issued and it is pretty wide ranging when you look at the list of people involved in the sure. whole vaccination oh, process yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so on who, who will be getting this payment it's richly deserved it's only a token of appreciation um, it shouldn't have taken this long but I, I do expect it will be largely completed for the directly employed staff in the next few weeks across this month we've just had uh, a message in uh, from a nurse who's directly employed by HSE it's on their payslip for tomorrow so at least it seems to be starting that's good to hear somebody here says a family member worked with the Defence Forces as a swabber for nearly two years with the testing centres are they entitled to the payment you see some people still are confused yeah, swabbers who have been, let's say, seconded or doing work on behalf of the health service uh, will be getting it. I mean, any uh, employees of public bodies like the Defence Forces who uh, performed functions that were directly uh, related uh, to provision of services during COVID, yeah. healthcare services, uh, will get it. So, I mean, it, that's just an example of the kind of thing that had to be worked out. But yes, is the answer okay. to that. Private nursing home workers, will they get it? They worked right um, through? Yes, Yes, they will. Yeah, private nursing home will. I mean, look, there are those who won't get a PJ and they've made their case uh, loud and clear and including, you know, GP practice nurses, uh, private hospital employees. But I suppose the difficulty we had was that uh, there are a lot of state employees where the government is the employer uh, who, who made the case that they should get it and the answer was no. And so it made the task then of going beyond our core employees in the healthcare more and more difficult. And an exception was made uh, for the uh, private nursing home staff because, I mean, no one could could deny, I think, the role that they played uh, during the worst of it. Uh, and also hospices who, you know, had to provide palliative care in many instances to people who, who were dying with COVID during those dark days. Might, might we move on, Minister, to the sure. cost of living in general and the price of petrol and diesel gone crazy again and um, because of the the Russian sanctions um, which I don't think anybody would would disagree with having to sanction Vladimir Putin but at this stage excuse me sanctioning Vladimir Putin is costing ordinary people money and the Taoiseach speaking uh, at the European Union just told us it's going to get worse it is a watershed moment in terms of fossil fuels in general which will make for fairly rocky territory over the next number of years in terms of pricing around fossil fuels. We cannot get away from that. That will have spiked fear into many families up and down the country. I I understand that, but it it is important that uh, the Taoiseach and the rest of us in government are honest with people. And uh, the truth is that this war has changed an awful lot of things and the energy markets have been completely uh, dislocated as a result of the war in Ukraine. And unfortunately, uh, there is a price for uh, all of society to pay. And as a government, you know, we've already made certain interventions. We won't go through all of those, Peter, yeah. because your, your listeners are well familiar with They've all them. been swallowed up um, now. I know, I, I, I accept that this went nowhere near the full costs that people have had to face. Um, but from where I sit, um, like we do have to look at the overall picture. Yeah. They came to about 2.4 billion euro. Yeah. I have to make sure, along with Minister Donoghue, that come uh, the budget, which is now under preparation, yeah. that we have the resources for uh, the remainder of this year and for all of next year. Yeah. And there will be many other demands in health, in housing, yeah. in childcare, in transport, just to name a few examples. And, and the books, well the books must balance. But I, I'm sure you'd... As you'd, well as doing more on the cost yeah. of living, which we acknowledge 
I, I'm sure you would acknowledge, Michael McGrath, you and I are two people who were lucky to be well paid. We're, we're both yep. well paid for our jobs. This current surge in the cost of living, you know, we can sustain it. We're in that lucky yep. position. We can sustain it. Our families can sustain it. There are hundreds of families listening to us this morning who can barely sustain what's happened already. And already they're over their head. And they're looking at months more of it. What's going to happen? I accept that a lot of people are, are genuinely struggling uh, at the moment with these costs and uh, no matter what you're earning, I think you can see them those costs on a day-to-day basis, but you're right, um, many people can absorb them uh, and others simply don't have the capacity to absorb them uh, because of their income and uh, like that is why we made interventions that, that were exceptional in nature and we have to continue to fund them, the VAT reductions on, on electricity and gas bills, the excise reductions, though fuel has gone back up again now to Do you, accept you may have to look at that again in many instances um, you know we're going to have to look at everything again PJ but I think what we're saying is that it will be in the context of a budget we are going to agree in the next short number of weeks um, what the amount of money available for the budget is going to be we're engaged in discussions with the unions in relation to public service pay and we're uh, having discussions with uh, the wider social partners including employer bodies and in the next uh, three weeks with uh, other stakeholders as well as to how collectively as a country mm-hmm. we can get ourselves through this period and support the people who are most in need. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy. This is a difficult time for many and, uh, you know, these inflation statistics are real costs They're frightening for is what they ordinary are. people. They're yeah, frightening. They're, they're, I mean, I'm, 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 of a, I'm of a certain age. I have never in my time on the planet seen inflation like this, Michael McGrath. Ne- I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's a it's a forty year high. I mean, it's eight point two percent at the moment, and it's not just fuel now. I think people are seeing it in their their grocery baskets, and they're seeing it in other day to day. Because the cost well. of transport has gone sky high, so food is getting more expensive because of transport. Yeah, so fuel, you're absolutely you're correct, the impacts on the cost of so many other things, um, but also the war has caused major problems in the supply of food. We are going to see, unfortunately, and I think it, it's tragic, but I think it will happen, we're going to see, and we're already seeing in parts of the world, serious food shortages. Yeah. That is going to be a consequence of this war. And, uh, the very are we geared up for that? In the world, uh, well, it's a, it's a are we geared up for a supply chain crisis problem. here? In Ireland, yes, absolutely, we're we're fine in that sense of the supply of food. Affordability for people is is a different matter, um, but globally, uh, there there will be food shortages in parts of the world, and uh, that I think is not just going to be in the coming months. But you cannot just fix what has happened uh, overnight uh, for the next couple of years. I think we're looking at serious problems in the very poorest part of the world uh, in relation to food, it's and it's not something that's got much traction so far. But it will become the emerging story in many respects from this war. Um, Total nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare, Michael McGrath. There's no other word for it. Can I just draw it back short, just lastly, to the at least some people can still afford to get a holiday. And we saw yeah. the, the disgraceful situation last weekend at Dublin Airport. And, and you, you were speaking in the doll. Uh, yesterday, and it just yeah. you, you don't need me to remind you what, what you said, but just to remind listeners. The DA needs to do whatever it takes to make sure that this issue is addressed and that we do not see those kind of scenes again, in particular on the forthcoming uh, bank holiday weekend. Would 
doing whatever it takes entail picking up the phone <clears throat> to the military police and saying, you have the personnel with the training, can we borrow a couple of bus loads? Well, the, the DA are before the, the Joint Directors Committee this afternoon, and uh, prior to that, they will have to uh, publish their plan for uh, dealing with this issue. Like the scenes were a disgrace, and uh, we we cannot afford to see them again. It's reputationally very damaging. Um, but the biggest issue is that you know at least fourteen hundred people missed their flight, yes. which is an awful thing. Missed to their flight, missed their holiday, missed their cruise, yeah. missed their wedding, missed their concert, missed their match. You know, yeah, exactly, Mr. Their, their flight home tours who were here yes. and who had a good time here. It's, it's a bitter pill for them to have to swallow at the end of their trip. And as you say, many Irish people planning uh, long-awaited and, and well-deserved uh, trips abroad. So, look, it was a, it was a serious failure of management uh, at the airport, and uh, it needs to be fixed. And uh, Military police uh, have the training and the expertise and the logistics. They could be look, called in. Yeah, we're not ruling anything out, um, PJ, uh, and we'll see what Dalton Phillips and uh, his team have to say today, but we cannot afford a repeat of, of those scenes. And I know that uh, the case has been made that Cork Airport uh, is in a position to do more. It's empty. It's, posi- it's practically it empty. in a position to do more. It is, um, it is recovering uh, but at about close to 80% of where it was back in 2019, um, that about 2.6 million passengers in, in 2019, um, so they're running at, at close yeah. to 80% of that, um, you know, we'll, we'll tip over to 2 million passengers. But there are no big queues? Um, no big queues, they have the capacity, certainly with existing uh, infrastructure to go to at least 3 million, and with yeah. some tweaks they could go to 4 million, so that's potentially... So could some flights be diverted down here? Well, it, it, like, it is a decision for the airlines, ultimately, as to what airports they fly uh, in and out of. As a government, what we have done is supported Cork Airport, I think, to a very large extent, uh, about 25 million last year and across this year in very specific supports for the runway, for their operational costs, uh, extra COVID supports to allow them to attract airlines uh, back to Cork. Uh, they now have up over 40 routes. We saw the announcement by Ryanair in recent days, three new routes for the summer, oh, yeah. Valencia, Pisa sure. um, and Sardinia uh, and uh, from talking to, to Roy O'Driscoll at the airport, I think they are pretty confident of some more positive announcements Cork Airport is so flying, I'm looking forward to flying out of it myself in a few weeks time but the, um, so the point I, is Dublin, yeah. Dublin Airport is a mess right now and the, the fear of people is that there'll be another mess this weekend and that actually beneath it all Nobody knows what to do. That seems to be the message out there now. Nobody actually knows what to do. Well, I think they need more staff and they need more security lanes uh, opened. You know, I went through the airport myself on Monday of last week. Um, I was going to the States for a few days and it took um, almost two hours to check in at Aer Lingus. So was that a DA issue or was that an airline issue? Um, I don't know, but like that's very unusual in my experience to have to spend that length of time uh, queuing to check in uh, before you even get to security. So uh, there are uh, there are issues there. I think uh, they, they they certainly need more staff. They did let a lot of staff go in a voluntary redundancy, yeah. voluntary severance scheme during COVID. And so they put they terms were, and conditions on that. They should be scratched and those people brought back. 
Yeah, well, look, if uh, you know, if they if they have an ask of government and uh, if they have a proposal as to how government can help, um, then of course we we'll listen to that and do what we can uh, to assist because okay. we cannot afford uh, a repeat of what happened last weekend. It was okay. terrible to see. Yeah, appreciate your time. Thank you very much, uh, Michael McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform. Courts ninety six FM.